This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am joined by JP Mason and Kevin Graham to talk about uh, the first game in charge for John Kennedy. Kevin, I'll come to you first of all. Was there any great difference to that performance? Uh, first half was okay. The second half was everything that um, we done well in the first half. We did they do in the second the game became a bit. The, the game became very, very scrappy in the second half, and 
we basically like we ran out of steam. The, the patterns that we had in the first half, the, the the movement of the ball that we had in the first half, disappeared. Um, and it suited Aberdeen. Now, look, that's the second game in a row against Aberdeen. I never expected them to score against us. Um, if we were playing against a better side, I might have been a bit more worried. But apart from the the chance that Cal McGregor had there in the 88th minute, the second half was very, very forgettable. But I think there was enough positive in the first half to say, Kennedy, maybe with another week with him, um, we can maybe start like moving the ball like we done in the first half. Eh? Setting half was poor. I'll just forget about the setting half and move on. Well, JP, you had uh, spoken about your concerns on Thursday's bulletin in relation to this flicking of the switch whereby the same personnel all of a sudden can find it within themselves to come out and have this great performance. We didn't quite see that this afternoon, did we? No, there was no bounce. Uh, and... In a way, I'm kind of glad about that because if there had been, I would have been probably fizzing right now. There was no bounce because we were playing with a flyaway. Uh, did you ever call them flyaways? Remember the balls that like... Aye, they shoot like, five. Aye, <laughs> cheap, cheap balls that was a flyaway. Yep. And the flyaway was burst, so there was no bounce. Uh, and, you know, how many times in recent weeks have we played well in the first half and then done, not done anything in the second half? Like that's that's a theme that's continued, and it doesn't matter who's in the dugout. Somebody put up uh, on Twitter, you know, in the first half, I saw some tweets going, "Oh, it looks like there's a bit of camaraderie and the sparks back," and that's people looking for something. As far as I'm concerned, I, I saw plenty of evidence in first halves under Neil Lennon in recent weeks where we played well and did some good things. Uh, it's not that I didn't I didn't see any sort of. Uh, revitalisation of Celtic in that game at all. We've been talking about it all season, haven't we, really? Like, you know, spells 30 minutes, sometimes a whole half, sometimes 60 minutes, where we have looked impressive. Kevin, is that something that concerns you for the rest of this season, or are we just going to see this one out? I know that just around the corner we've got Dundee United, and then it's Rangers at Celtic Park. Do you think, you know, Kennedy might just uh, navigate us through these stormy waters to the end of the season, and more or less uh, get a, a run of games together? Because I know that he, he did speak about that, didn't in his conference yesterday saying that we would win four or five and then the breaks would come off um, is it going to be any different this time around do you think? I, I don't know really eh? but uh, we want it to be we want them to go from now to the end of the season undefeated and I'm not just talking about drawing games I'm talking about winning games uh, but that second half shows that the same failings are there it's just basically a lack of fitness there's a lack of fitness to actually continue all the good work we do in first halves. Um, I, get, I must admit, in the first half, I saw a bit more of a shape about us, a bit more of an energy and a bit more of a intelligent purpose than what we've had under Neil Lennon. But the second half was just dross. It really was. It was just absolute rubbish. Um, and that's something that he's got to work on between now and the end of the season. I mean, I think we had, I think we had like 69% possession today and I think, how many go- how many shots on target did we have? No, no very many, but that's been a problem all season for us. Um, it's just getting, we get into decent areas, but the final ball's not good enough or quick enough. More may, may likely not quick enough. Before the game, JP, you were saying you're not buying the fitness argument, the fact that we, we lack fitness. I, I don't know. I can see what Kev's saying because obviously, if you compare the first half to the second half today, 
then yeah, we weren't doing the same as we were doing in the first half. And is that down to because they haven't got the fitness to keep up those levels? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was maybe just Aberdeen came into it and Aberdeen could have got a draw today. You know, like they had chances. I mean, maybe not like guilt edge, but you know, that's that, that uh, cross that we put in that. Um, Oh God! The cross got put in by was it Ross McCrory mm-hmm. and uh, Brown made like a really good tackle or block as the and that 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 was almost a certain goal. If Brown hadn't been there, you'd, you'd expect that guy to finish it. And then there was a chance in then the right at close to the goal where it just didn't fall right for Considine, I think it was, and Brown was again there to sort of just slightly put him off. Mm. Um, so I, I you know. It just, it just, you know, one 0 against Aberdeen a week and a half ago under Neil Lennon, one 0 against Aberdeen today under John Kennedy. Very similar patterns of. Do you remember the first half against Aberdeen a week and a half ago? We played yeah. well, and then suddenly Aberdeen came back into it. And I never saw the last fifteen minutes of that game, but apparently Aberdeen had chances in that game as well. So it's just kind of like, like for like. I mean. Kev, you, you were speaking about maybe once uh, Kennedy has a wee bit more time with the players, the question might be, well, he's had a couple of seasons with the same players. Are you meaning from a, you know, putting his own stamp on them? I think you saw, an, uh, for me, in the first half, anyway, you saw enough difference between a John Kennedy Celtic and a, Neil Len- uh, a John Kennedy Celtic and a Neil Lennon Celtic. In the second half, you saw no difference. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going. To, I, I'm, I'm not just trying to grasp here like a, a man hanging for a cliff, looking for positives, trying to grab onto the end of it. Uh, I did actually see a difference in the first half, but the second half there was no difference, and really that just comes down to. Poor fitness, absolutely poor fitness. If you're John Kennedy, you've now lo- no longer got a manager who doesn't like what you want, what you wanted to do. He didn't. Who who Kennedy comes from a set. You saw it today with the sweeper goalkeeper Brown dropping back, picking the ball up in between the two, two centre halves. The way that we moved the ball in the first half, the way that we pressed with a bit of a shape, the fact that Kamala actually played up front. Um, and we had a bit, we had a bit of a shape. We pressed in a bit of a shape. We attacked in a bit of a shape. That all went in the second half when the game became really scrappy, and basically we ran out of steam. And that was a problem that Neil Lennon signed hard as well. Aye, it, it was ugly. I'm going to agree with that. But only the second half was ugly. Mm. And hope, hopefully they're talking about the action and not this particular broadcast. But um, Jog Vy says that it was. Ugly. Now I'm going to run through some of these some of these comments coming in because they're very similar to that. And Sean Fox coming in from YouTube says same old, same old. Nothing has changed since last time. So obviously we played Aberdeen ten ten days ago. Uh, Mark McMonagall, another second half of fitness and intensity collapsing. Wins a win, but you have to look at the bigger picture. I think it is the intensity, isn't it, that yeah. you notice? It's the intensity of the play. Yeah. The <coughs> Excuse me, the sleek, uh, slick pl- passing play and the movement that can cut open a defence and get them on the back foot. We've never really seen any of that in the second half. And, and how much of it have we really seen all season? Kaplow Mark, an extremely hard watch. You can see we really need a change in direction. And this leads me on to um, Kaplow Mark's second point, where he says the realism is we are more than a summer window away from a rebuild. JP, would you agree with that? Is this something that's going to take some time here yeah, when you yeah. watch that kind of performance? A hundred percent, yeah. It, you know, taking the experience out of our side that's going to come out of the side in the summer, 
you need you, you don't just fit fit ready made players back into that. They need to then gain experience playing for Celtic over a number of seasons. So we're not going to see a season Celtic side for a couple of years yet, I don't think. And Starman made a good point in the comments there. Sad day when our defender is man of the match. You know, why why is one of our front three or front four not man of the match today? You know, why is our centre half man of the match? I mean, people slag Christopher Iyer and you see comments going, oh, a defender that can't defend and all that. You know, Christopher Iyer gets man of the match and a 1-0 home victory against Aberdeen. <laughs> See, see, that's a great point, JP, because um, there were at least five moments in the second half, three of them in quick succession, where the ball was being um, flighted in by Aberdeen. It's been, it wasn't set plays, of course, but we've been criticised all season for being unable to defend that type of ball, just, uh, you know, a ball being swung in. And on the five occasions in question... Ayer was the man who blocked it, headed it, tackled. And I've actually noted down here that for me, before that, I realised they'd been made man of the match there, JP, that uh, without him, we would have been looking really ropey at the back because you take him out that side, you look at the substitutes bench, and it's Duffy. It's Duffy who's in there, all right? Albeit a lone player. We know that there's a long-term injury issue with Julien. Kevin, quickly, uh, as a as an aside, what is the story with Beaton? Why is he not in? Is he injured as well? I mean, what's the story with near Beaton at the moment? I'm not hundred percent sure if he if he's injured or not. Um, you would you probably think he was injured because he's not even in the squad. Eh? He's not even named in the match day squad. I, I think we're just this season's been poor. It's been horrendous for certain people, and it's been horrendous for us. Uh, but. I think a lot of people are just jumping on the performance today because of the mood that we're actually in. And I, I think a lot of people are actually being, being over-exaggerating how poor we were for the 90 minutes. We were poor for 45 minutes, and, I, and I'm going to stick with that. And that, that's been um, an issue all season. I think we've said that so many times in the post-match. You know, we've been sitting sometimes at half-time thinking that things were looking OK. Um, but on the point of ire, JP, um, you know... We spoke about a goalkeeper and the necessity to get a new goalie in in the in the summer. It might well be, as Kevin suggested, that we'll uh, we'll persevere with Barkas. There's a lot of talk around Dyer. Uh, obviously, AC Milan are interested at some stage this season. He's got that stature about him. You, you kind of think, well, you know, in five years' time, he could be playing in, in one of the top leagues in Europe. I don't think we can afford to lose him right now. No, we can't. And uh, I guess. If we have any chance of keeping somebody like Christopher Ayer, it will depend on the, the the structure that we put in place as a management team. You know, it, it, it might be 90% out of the door, um, but if there's a 10% chance that we can keep them based on what we sell to the players as our future vision of Celtic, you know, then that, that, will, that maybe would have an impact on whether or not he would stay. He might not be happy in Glasgow anymore, and if that's the case, then... Why would you hang around in a city that you don't want to live in anymore? Uh, you said five years, I think, and within three years he'll be playing at a top side in Europe. I, I, I've never claimed to be an expert on anything, <laughs> um, but I've watched enough of Celtic over the last thirty years to know that a player as as good as as good as he is can play at a, a higher level, and it's it's just, it's, it's as clear as day to see that. Mm. And somebody said in the comments. 
we need to build a team around Ayer. It's just like, well, I don't know if we're going to have Ayer to build a team around. <laughs> that, that's a big question because you look at uh, what you would build a team around, you know, you've got the old heads like McGregor, like you know the uh, the the incoming James Forrest, whenever that might be. Uh, will Scott Brown be there? So you've got that core, and that's fine. But the kind of bright sparks of this season, if you look at Sorrow, Turnbull, Welsh, I would throw in there as well. I think he's shown quite a bit of promise. But in terms of the, the absolute diamond, I think you know Ayer would be part of that. Um, but I, I fear that he may be one of the departing stars, if you like. I mean, the game-changing players like. Ryan Christie or Edward, who we'll get on to in a second, um, I think there's, they're definitely going to leave Celtic, you know. But Ayer is the one that you've got to move heaven and earth. But again, Kevin, when you're looking at the way things have kind of um, materialised this season, Ayer will, I feel, be keen to move on sooner rather than later. Ayer's done, what's it, five seasons at Celtic Park, and he probably thinks that he's paid his dues and it's time for him to move on. I mean, he's won. Will it be twelve trophies, ten trophies in, in those in those five years? Uh, he's at least got three trebles under his belt anyway, so that's at least nine. Uh, you look at him that day; the, those three clearances in the box. I mean, if we were in the if we were in the, the stadium today, we would have been applauding that. We would have been cheering that. Um, he's only he's he's only player for me. that can look himself in the mirror this season and say, "I tried everything. I done. I gave a hundred percent there." Um, he, ha- he will move on. It just depends on what sort of money that we get from him. Ryan Christie is probably looking to have a good Euros and get a midland to bottom half English Premier League team. Um, there, there is a rebuild there. The, the two fullbacks, I thought Lack Salt was fine today. John Joe Kenny showed me absolutely nothing. He showed me nothing to say that he's any better than Anthony Ralston. I says that last week as well. So Anthony Ralston's a £7 million player, Kevin. Is that the headline? If that's what £7 million gets you now, then Jesus. That's real bad. That's... Laxalt done okay today, but again, I wouldn't pay the money for him. Moy, I wouldn't pay the money for him. No, I wouldn't pay the money for him. We'll need another centre-half two full-backs. There is, a, there is a rebuild there. It is a definitely a rebuild there. But then, when you look at... I still think there's a decent basis of a side there. And I, I, I reckon if you get a decent coach and to make the team a team rather than a series of individuals, then we're not as far away as what people think. You know, you, you've mentioned a couple of the players there that uh, I'll expand on this, Kevin. We're talking about the basis of the team. And Turnbull's come in and got lots of plaudits, and rightly so, I think, JP. He came off again, I think it was 77 minutes today, off he came for, for Sorrow. Um, I, at that point, had felt that Scott Brown and Callum McGregor had played pretty well. I thought Brown had, you know, he was combative, yeah, he was breaking up play. I thought that that allowed McGregor to get forward a lot more. Uh, McGregor was involved in, in various attacks. Uh, he should have scored, I think, probably, uh, Callum mm-hmm. McGregor, where it opened up for him and it just went past the post. Uh, we're talking about the rebuild, and a lot of people have said, you know, Brown's finished, he's 36 this summer. I think it would be quite a, a risk to allow somebody like Brown to go at this stage crazy absolutely crazy whatever your thoughts are on Scott Brown uh, and his age and everything else you know if you were to be as flippant you look at you look at as getting rid of the experience that we got rid of at the start of this season in, in Craig Gordon and a lesser extent Johnny Hayes and uh, Simeonovic you know 
I would have I would have liked to have had Simeonovic about at this point at certain points in the season rather than playing Beaton and Duffy at centre half. I'm not saying Simeonovic would have been the answer long term, and maybe, but maybe that was a regret. And with hindsight, I know that he was always injured, and I know that he had trouble with plastic pitches and stuff like that. But he was a defender, <laughs> and uh, you know, yes, he had a mistake in him, but he didn't have as many mistakes as, as Shane Duffy, and certainly not. I can't imagine Simeonovic getting into the position that Beaton got in at Ibrox and having mm-hmm. to rugby tackle Morelos to the ground. I just don't think he's as he lacks the defensive intelligence like that. Um, so the guy made a point in the comments here, David one three eight zero zero four two five. Now you either say these things and you've got a bit of knowledge about it, or you don't say them. So I'm going to say that he must have knowledge about it. He's saying I to AC Milan. It was agreed between Lola and Maldini. Black Salt was part of the agreement. That's a fairly outlandish thing to come out and say, unless you've got some sort of substance to it. So maybe that is true. Because uh, he's on record of talking about Ayer, isn't he? He's actually spoken about him. So it, yeah, he confirmed that he was that Ayer was a player that they were looking at, that they were you know they were interested in. I just think if you're looking at the the back line, we've already got a massive issue with the goalie. You look at the back line, your stability in there is Ayer. You know, because Julian's out injured. We've got three defenders who will be going back to their, their parent clubs. On that point, Kev, I'm going to just say about John Joe Kenny. I get what you're saying there. I don't think he's, you know, great. I don't think he's great. But there's a few things in the game that he did pretty well today, I felt. I think that the cross that he put in for Klamala deserved a better finish. It deserved a goal. In actual fact, then there was a, a right classy bit of defending where he's chested the ball back to Bain as well. These are two things that stood out. I, I thought he was he was he was decent I mean nothing to write home about but he's, he's solid enough And but when it comes to the, the kind of realms of 15-20 grand a week or 7 or 8 million pounds as, as a transfer fee I agree with you I don't think that's something we need to entertain um, but we certainly need a couple of full backs in the summer and Kevin think back to October Petordre this week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Half time. Can you remember my immortal words? Yes. <laughs> Neil, Neil Lennon has 45 minutes to save his job. And by the way, the flack after that game, Kev, it, it lasted for some time. There are people out there with my face on their avatar with a big red cross through it, believe it or not, to this day. Um, you know who you are. And anyway, Dykes out, I think, is a hashtag. But it didn't happen back then. But at the end of the game, you challenged me, Kev. You asked me. Who's going to be the manager of Celtic then? Who would you have? And can you remember what I said? You said Martinez and Maloney. I did. I did. Well, a taxi driver's come in. I don't know if you drive taxis, Patrick. But apparently Martinez has been seen in Glasgow. That doesn't surprise me because is his wife not Glaswegian? Yes, I... She is, she is Scottish. Anyway, I don't know if she's Glaswegian, but she is definitely Scottish. And uh, I've not actually been on social media that much today because I've been concentrating on the game. But I don't know if there's maybe pictures of that flying around of Martinez. It's something we spoke about at the top of the show in relation to, you know, we've, we've seen another performance there, JP, 
uninspiring. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be too negative. It was pretty uninspiring against an Aberdeen side who I think have been pretty poor this season. Mm-hmm. I said after the January window um, that I didn't think Aberdeen were any stronger coming out of the window than going in uh, and someone disagreed I think it might have been Colin Watt disagreed with that because he felt that Camberry and a few other signings might have improved them um, I thought Hibs had come out they had the opportunity to sell a couple of their star players and they kept a hold of them and I thought Hibs would have finished the season uh, stronger um, than Aberdeen and, and so is, is the case I don't think they're going to have a knee-jerk reaction with McInnes I think they'll keep a hold of Derek McInnes but we're looking at that game there and you're thinking you've got a, a core players and most of us agree that there's a core a good team in there uh, many of the Celtic side have been quadruple treble winners uh, have been part of the nine in a row um, not all of them have become bad or at the end of their cycle and we might need a spark so even though we're all kind of thinking along the lines of director of football JP head coach um, do you think there's absolutely any possibility one of these big name these high profile managers making an entrance Brendan Rogers style uh, I, I, I would doubt it I, I'd like to think there would be uh, certainly you know uh, the <laughs> the dreamer in me would would want somebody like a Rafa Benitez or a Rob, Roberto Martinez but I mean that is <laughs> we're trying to think of a Kev, Kev Graham analogy here that's like uh, trying to go and shop in Waitrose when you've only got enough money for I don't know, Aldi or something like that. Because I just don't think currently we don't have that sort of money to go and bring in what that would entail, the whole coaching staff, and then, you know, give him the sort of budget that he would want to compete at the level that he would want to compete. I just, I think it's, it's we're going to have to look at a sort of an alternative option, I think. I just, I just don't see it happening. And maybe those days are gone. Possibly um, in the the kind of medium term, anyway. After everything that's happened, JP on a financial level, uh, when you think about what's going to happen, how long is it going to take for the the season ticket numbers to get back up to the level we would have expected as well? Because you know everybody in society is suffering in one way or other. Um, now, Edward, I've, I've got a wee note here. Edward uh, Jerry McCulloch on Celtic TV called that the twenty first goal of his season. Uh, we've got another how many games? Seven games to go. He could end up with 25 to 30 goals in what has been a fairly disappointing season. Um, he was frustrating for me today, and I think Estepona boy uh, nails it. He just doesn't release the ball enough. There was a moment near the end of the game where just play it to the left, play it to Sorrow, let Sorrow slot it away, but he tries to take on his man again. How frustrating is he, Kev? He's really frustrating. He, 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 he needs to release the ball. It's almost as if he's trying to do it all himself. It's almost as if he knows I'm the best player in this team. I'm the main man. I don't trust anybody else. I'm going to need to try and do it myself. And when it comes off, it's utterly beautiful. But when it doesn't, it's really, really frustrating. Um, again, I think that's that's down to the lack of structure round about him. Especially this season, there's a mountain, the amount of times where he's had to do things himself. But if he just lays it off, then we're maybe two nothing up, and it's great when it comes off, eh? But he, he is a fantastic player, and he is going to go on to bigger and better things. But this season, if this is a season where he goes out, he is going to be termed as a disappointment. Even though, as you say, he, can actually, he could probably score twenty-five or thirty goals, mm. which is frightening. 
I know, and, and at this season of seasons where he's come in for criticism for large parts of it. Um, again, you know, he's not had the uh, the spark of Griffiths that that he had last season. JP, you know, yeah. that was that was a big thing. Griffiths came in in the second half of the season. Uh, Celtic seemed to have uh, been revitalised after that, but we've not really had that this season because Griff wasn't fit when we started off, and he's never really got fit. So that partnership has not developed this season. Um, he's not really had a, a regular partner up front and that didn't change today um, I remember players in the past and I'm not comparing them in terms of their ability but Samaras I used to argue with a lot of folk about Samaras you know he, he frustrated I was in the I thought Samaras was a god um, Lenny himself says sometimes he didn't fancy it. he liked the big games Eddie's got a bit of that about him eh? yeah he has and Tony McLaughlin makes the point as well why were there no players having a go at Edward today for his bad decision making and greediness I mean then you didn't see anybody really sort of scream him down, not that you. I mean, the, the, the camera work is, is not the best on Celtic TV, so sometimes you don't know what's really going on. But, you know, there wasn't anybody having a go at him for, you know, overdoing it with the ball. Or, and I'm still going back to that ruthless comment from, I don't know if it was Jerry McCulloch or Darren Day that said, oh, you know, Celtic, a ruthless play from Celtic. I saw hardly any ruthless play from Celtic in that game. I really didn't. And, uh, I don't know what game they I think they obviously got to talk up Celtic because that's what they're paid to do, but at times they were, you know, really scraping the barrel for for for, for, uh, for content or whatever you want to call it. You know that? <laughs> Sorry, Kev. If you look at Edward and Dembele, right? Dembele was more, if you want to use that word, ruthless. He would have hit the ball quite a lot because he didn't, yeah. have, he didn't have the dancing feet that Edward's got. Totally, yeah. But, but both of them only turned up in certain big games. Both of them had that big game. I'm puffing out my chest here and I'm gone for this. This is my... You remember it, uh, You remember Dembele against Man City in the Champions League? He completely ragdolled them all that night. Anytime that, uh, any time that... Any, <laughs> any any time that he played against Rangers, loved it because he knew it was a big occasion. I think it's just in the French mentality. These guys know that they've got ability and they've got the arrogance to go, well, I can turn up when I really want to turn up. As we're saying, we're talking about Edouard having a bad season and he scored 21 goals. Yeah, That just yeah. says, if you want any measure of his ability, that's it. He's, he's, been, playing, he's been playing at a half kettle or... or all season and he's still scored 21 goals also a lot of his French uh, comrades as well they've all kind of fallen by the wayside either injured or gone away you know and Cham's away to Marseille Julien's injured I'm sure there was more than that French players wise in terms of the first team maybe I've maybe I've invented some in my head or whatever but you know he's lost that wee sort of clique that's been around him so maybe that's affected his, his game as well who knows you could even add his international goals if you're looking at his specific individual season and you know he'll look at that as being a, a good season 25 goals or whatever it, it may be once you add his French goals on top of that but Kev you know that type of player though if you think about it there is a flip side to that you've got guys who shrink under the, the circumstances that we're talking about you know the big games um, and, and how uh, must it feel for a player to be in the tunnel when you look around to the, the likes of Dembele or you look around to Edward and it's like you know that you're safe with a guy 
guy like that going into the big games because they can turn up. So it must be difficult, you know, if you've got the big game, even against AC Milan, where he scored that goal in the first half, Edouard, this season. Um, no one else in the park could have done that. But it's it, it must be frustrating because then you're coming back to playing the, the nitty-gritty of the Scottish League and sometimes they just don't seem up for it. A lot of these games in small parks with plastic pitches and, and so forth. We all know the limitations of the Scottish game. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Kev, as you say, the show reel will be a good one for him at the end of the season when him and his agent are looking to, to move on elsewhere. I just wanted another wee mention, actually, for Stephen Welsh. I think it's important to to continually uh, praise this young man because, you know, it wasn't a standout performance today, JP, um, but I have noticed over the last few games that he's introducing this long-range passing that we've been hearing about as well, and he, he did that pretty effectively today as well. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, He's part of a defence that kept a clean sheet in a in a professional game. And he's only, a, what, what age is he? 19, 20? 20, I think. Uh, and he's, he's a, a young guy and he's come through that test. You know, you can say what you like about it not being strong opposition or whatever. It was, you know, a professional outfit in Aberdeen, you know, with Canberra up front and everything else. And he's come through the game with a clean sheet and he's part of that, you know, Arguably, yes, Ayer was the more commanded centre half today and winning all the headers. But you know, having somebody alongside you who you can trust makes a big difference to the Ayer, I'm sure. You know, and he'll have a far easier game uh, if he's got somebody alongside him that's not going to like detonate and just give a goal away, you know, and put us in the rack. Um, just on Edward as well, I don't know if you saw this or noticed that I I don't use Instagram. Uh, at the moment and uh, I haven't really kept it on top of players' posts and things like that but um, for Lennon leaving there was a post from uh, Christopher Julian on Twitter that was like thanks Gaffer you know thanks for the memories and there was four nice pictures of him and Lennon over the last couple of years uh, I think uh, Frimpong put one up as well very little else from players I don't think Scott Brown put anything up I might be wrong but Edward put on his stories, which is these things that like 24 hours and they disappear. So it wasn't even like a permanent thank you. Just on his stories, he just put up a picture of him coming off uh, as a substitute and sort of high five and Lennon, and he just put goodbye, Neil. <laughs> but bearing in mind, he was also the guy that says, I don't book when they were talking about reading books. I mean, you'd be, you'd be as well not doing it rather than actually putting that up. It just sounded, I just say it's so hollow and limp. You know, it's like, goodbye. See you later, Neil. Goodbye, Neil. Who was it that said, I, I had some spaghetti, it was good? Was that Wanyama? <laughs> On Twitter. Ah, there's a famous tweet. Ah, it was uh, Wanyama when he was at Spurs. And then, obviously, what they did when they had the goal celebration, you know, the graphic, I think it was something to do with putting spaghetti on a plate. But that was Wanyama's. But yes, um, I don't know how much you can read into with the, the social media uh, aspect of it. But, you know, I'm pretty sure there were players within that camp who would have been sad to see Lenny go on, absolutely. But on the flip side, you know, you can't please all the all the players all the time. Um, now, again, two games against Aberdeen, both at Celtic Park, both won nothing. The first one was under Neil Lennon, the second one was under John Kennedy. Uh, we move on to the next game against Dundee United, Kevin Graham, and then before you know it, Rangers will, Rangers will be back 
at Celtic Park so hopefully by then Kennedy has put his stamp on it like you suggested earlier uh, one last thing Mogwai got a number one album I, I couldn't believe I've seen a lot of people on social media saying who's Mogwai JP uh, Mogwai are one of the finest bands to come out of Scotland uh, in my lifetime I first heard them on Steve Lomax uh, when I was about 17 or 18 they played a white label demo and he just said uh, it's uh, uh, a band from Motherwell I don't know too much about them but um, this is a new pass to Helicom and, uh, and he played this track and it blew me away and then uh, it was a few years later I saw them live for the first time and I've seen them live well, countless times since then probably one of my favourites being on the hill at Primavera uh, they played that, that stage that uh, faces a hill so you've just got like this natural amphitheatre and it was absolutely unbelievable and they're just all really I've got to know them through the Twilight Sad over the last few years and they're just all really nice guys funny as anything really good patter and they all consistently release good records and it just so happens for them that this week they released it at a point where maybe they didn't have the same level like everybody was joking in text throughout the week going oh wait now Ariana Grande will come from nowhere and steal the number one or you know, the greatest showman oh, you know, suddenly starts selling copies again. But they got they, they held on and they got a number one and it's it's pretty amazing. A UK number one for a, a Scottish independent band. You know, there's only two people that work at Rock Action Records and I know both of them. <laughs> it's like so there you go. It's not as huge. And that guy gets that was up against him. His label hired him a tank for promo. He was driving about London in a tank. You know, and you're just like, oh, that's. I think he's on like Warner Brothers or something like that, and that's 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 what you're up against. You're up against a major label and who can do things like that. <clears throat> and Mogwai, Mogwai pulled out the bag. Fair play, Kev. I saw you at a Mogwai gig a couple of years ago. Did I not? Was it? You did uh, the Hydro, hydro eh? the yeah. Hydro Eye. Uh, I was standing talking to Dave Thomas, who does the the sleeves for yeah. that. Who does the artwork? Uh, with, with my friend, with my friend who does the screen printing for Sterling. Uh, they were fantastic that night. Uh, the best night I saw them was their twentieth anniversary at the Barrowlands. I was there on the Saturday night, and did the Twilight Sat or was it Man or Moon that supported them on the Saturday? I can't remember. Or was it Loop? Was it Loop? Oh, uh, it was Loop. I it was Loop supported them on the, on the Saturday night, and ended with a song called "My Father, My King," oh, right. which went on for about twenty minutes and. It was that loud. I, I couldn't believe how loud and uh, the, the, the volume started there, and it started building up, building up, building up. And just when you just when you thought it couldn't get any louder, they stepped on another pedal and it went up another level. Eh? And my pants were definitely flapping in the wind in the Barrowlands that night. Eh? <laughs> I've, never, um, I've never seen them in the Barrowland. I've always wanted to see oh, them. Oh, it was it was it was deafening, but really really good. One of my favourite bands ever. One of my and, one of my favourite still- bands ever. We should also mention that they are all Celtic fans as well, and all yes, big uh, Celtic fans. Like, A Celtic yeah. set in mind, absolutely. JP, uh, uh, they've got the, the the on their kick drum. They used to have like the Mogwai logo, and it was before the Bruni happened. But the, in in the the lettering of Mogwai, they had a wee guy like that with his arms out. So uh, it was nothing to do with Scott Brown. It was just, it just you know, I don't actually know what it was to do with, but it was just by chance. And uh, Martin uh, usually has a Celtic scarf on his on his drum kit as well, just uh, just as I can get it up. Well, well done, Mogwai. There, there, there is pictures out there where they're wearing kits and their early gigs. 
Uh, anyway, uh, and, and their early gigs, and also they done a John Peel session the night we played in Seville, and John Peel let them go on later. Um, I to for them to watch the game. Brilliant. John Peel, John Peel allowed them. To, uh, I, I don't think uh, they'll tell the story better. I, of course they will, because they were uh, bloody there. I wasn't there. I was in the stadium. Uh, uh, but but they say that that uh, Peel allowed them to watch the uh, watch the game. Nice one. Before they done it. Radiohead played the Corn Exchange that same night because I I, I I was gutted that I was missing Radiohead at the Corn Exchange. But you know, going to a European Cup final was a, a, a decent substitute, to be fair. But like Radiohead and the Corn Exchange, despite that venue not being that great, I'm sure it was because like I'm, seeing them in a venue that size at that time, you know, they'd already played like SECC by that point, and you know they they played big venues. So Corn Exchange was like a wee pub gig at that point, I'd imagine. Corn Exchange was rubbish. He didn't miss much there. Probably he made the better choice going to Seville. I think they watched it. I think they watched the game. In fact, I know they did. And I was speaking to their tour manager Mick about it, and they they definitely watched. They were watching the game like offset. So I think they went on uh, and were wanting to know the score like while they were on stage and stuff like that. So they were they were cheering on Celtic. Well, I think I think they. The conversation has gone down a, a rabbit hole simply because of the the um, the actual level of performance of Celtic today. <laughs> but just to wrap that up, the gig that you and I were at, Kev, Wright supported Mogwai that night, if I remember That's correctly. Right. And um, we do have a, an interview with Matt Gardner of Wright next week on one of our other shows. So get subscribing. Wow, get, really? Yes, so get subscribing wow. to A State of Mind on the YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for commenting on YouTube. Twitter and on Facebook and thank you finally to Kevin Graham who's keeping his balls in his pants and JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.